Welcome to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast, where we get to follow up, break down, and discuss last Sunday's message. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more about what God has for us. Now let's join our team as we gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. I'm Justin Oswald, the executive pastor of TC. Back again with me today is our lead pastor, Brad Livingston. What's up guys? Good to be back. Another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast, and uh, coming off a good week, man. Chill. Very good week. Good week. A lot of good things happening, and uh, we're excited. I've just been thrilled to be back at church for weeks in a row now <laughs> yeah right, right right you know you After, don't know how much you miss justin was on a six-week uh sabbatical and so <laughs> seriously you don't yeah. know how much you like stuff you know until you can't have it for a little while yeah, go for a little bit it's fine yeah, yeah. You know, we're just in a good spot though i mean just it feels like we're bragging sometimes but it's like it's not bragging on us it's bragging on what god's doing in our church you know yeah but like just the amount of like new people that are you know Come and, and saying like, man, that God's really doing something in them while they're in their services, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it's not to be braggadocious. How about that? Look at that word. Not to be braggadocious. That's a word. Yeah. It, it, but it is to, at least if anything, brag on like what God is doing. You yeah. Know? I mean, God's doing some amazing things. And and I think it's also important that people know, like, we don't take this for granted. Like we're well aware that um, there are other churches that are experiencing growth and, you know, God doing supernatural things. So we're, we're not the only one, but we're also well aware that we are not the norm either, that, mm-hmm. uh, that what God's doing at TC is something very special and we don't ever want to take that for granted. I mean, part of our culture code is celebration is not optional, right? We'll celebrate every story and every person. It all matters. And, um, I feel like this is just another one of those things where it's like, man, we celebrate, like we genuinely celebrate this because we know that, uh, we know that it's not necessarily normal. Not every church is experiencing it. Um, and by the grace of God, uh, we are in. Especially so right now. Pumped. Especially right now. Yeah. COVID, crazy world we're in right now. It's just like, it's harder and harder, you know. And we've had walked through, we've walked some of our people through some like difficult stuff of getting Man. adjusted to like what, how to exist in this culture, not TC's culture, but like in society and, you know, and then having a multicultural, multiracial multi-generational multi-income class church in the midst of all that uh you know i mean so there, I mean, there's there's a lot of work getting done a lot on behalf of the kingdom and unity and diversity and all those things um you know i think there's a lot of people fighting for diversity but they don't really want diversity they just want exclusivity they want the appearance of diversity correct um that's a word so uh, so, I mean, to really put in the work, man, it's just, we're, it's, it's special. Our people are special. You know, God is obviously, you know, the, the author of all things in, in his sovereign hand, but, uh, you know, what he's doing in our people is special. The people that are walking through our doors are special. Uh, our leaders are special. Our dream team is just incredible. Um, our coaches and our interns and all of them are just rock stars and, the whole, you know, the whole yeah. team dream. Yeah. yeah just everyone's in, makes it all positive. You know, we do this together. That's right. You know, we're better together. Uh, and we do this together. And, you know, it's just so obvious that God's doing that work. So it's exciting, man. It Super is. exciting. We're in so, a good series, too. Yeah. Sushi, sex, and subtitles. Uh, I was talking to a pastor buddy. <laughs> talking to a pastor buddy of mine this morning. And he was like, I saw your series that you're in. He's an old school cat up in New York, you know. And uh, he was <laughs> like, I saw your series that you were in. And I was like, what is Brad doing? Um and he talked to my dad. My dad was like, "No, it's good. It's just, you know, he it's edgy. You know, like almost intentionally provocative type thing. You well, know, no, it's I'm like, not. well, it's like you know, God created sex, yet that God's church is a place where you can't talk about it. It's like, hey, how about we change that? That's something there. I mean, it's a lot of truth in that statement. Yeah." Christians are Christians are bad about talking about it. Christians are bad about teaching their teenagers about it. Christians are bad about understanding it because the church shouldn't deal with it. How about the church get better at dealing with it? You know, like that's good. So and now we got a two parter. Yeah, two parter within the series, a little mini series in the series. Yeah, yeah. So there was a to be continued this past Sunday. <laughs> like, uh, and so yeah, this past Sunday we kind of dealt with the man in the mirror. Um, and so kind of give everyone some backstory behind what was going on this past Sunday. So we knew going into this message that we were going to be talking about sex. Like we, we knew when we even laid out the series 
that this particular part of the series is going to be about sex. We were going to spend one week on sex, one more week on marriage, and that was going to be the end. So I was planning the sermon, and I really started getting, for lack of a better term, anxious, kind of emotionally and spiritually anxious over preaching on Sunday because I was putting these notes together and you know when you when you when you deal with christian sexuality naturally boundaries are a part of it um and so as we started as i started to pull all that together um i really felt anxious in my spirit because i started we'll say we'll say god started prompting me um to realize that if all we do is create another list of rules that people fail at then they'll leave feeling unworthy, you know, um, yeah. they'll feel like a failure, you know, like if we just give them, they already know, like they know they're, you know, whether or not they believe it, they at least know that the Bible says that they shouldn't be sleeping together before they married, whether or not they believe it, they know that the Bible says that homosexuality is a sin, whether they believe it, they know that the Bible says, um, that they shouldn't be looking at pornography. Like, so to bring these boundaries to the surface on this topic that they're well aware of, um, if we don't change something about how they see God and how they see themselves in light of God, then we haven't. Uh, all we've done is given them another list of rules that they're not going to follow. That's good. Yeah. So when we came into it, I was, I really on Thursday morning, I got up and God just kind of was downloading into my spirit, if you will, some things for Sunday. And I text John and I was like, bro, we're going to have to extend the series a week. We're going to do two part, you know, I'm kind of walking through, which kind of got us to what we did on Sunday, dealing with the man in the mirror, um, which that, that statement alone will make more sense you know, as we break some of this down, but um, really changing, you know, in light of sex and in light of sexual desires, sexual addictions, in light of homosexuality uh, or same sex attraction uh, in light of uh, technological sexual desires or addictions, i.e. pornography uh, in light of all those different formats in which sex is presented to a believer or unbeliever outside of how God designed it. Um, in light of all of those things, how do we see God? How does God see us? And what is the way in which we should approach God in light of these struggles that we have? Right. And that's really where we landed on Sunday. So it's good stuff. Um, I guess we're going to do like always just hit the points, but again, we always say this, please go, go watch it, go watch or listen. Um, it's worth it. All right. Yeah. My goal with today's podcast is actually even to, to really not get too much into the weeds of the sermon points you need to go watch it. And so I don't even want to give you enough of it for you to feel like you don't need to go watch it. Cause I really want to encourage you to go watch it or not listen. just for us, but for generally for you. So yeah. Or listen or listen. Yeah. You yeah. can listen on the podcast for sure. Um, there are some visual elements that I will oh, tell you. True. Yeah. There are some visual elements that I do think that you will be, well, if you listen to the podcast and you get a lot of the podcast, at least go watch the last few minutes uh, the last 10 minutes or so of the sermon to see the visuals of, yeah. of how we painted that picture. Um, Cause I think that is also super helpful, but surely yeah, listen, go watch you it. Go all to uh, transformationchurch.com slash messages. Yeah. You know, watch it or on our YouTube channel. Yep. Yep. Cool. So, um, well then, yeah. So yeah. So you, our, you start then. Yeah. So, I mean, going into Sunday, uh, what we wanted to do was identify who we are, who we are in Christ what does our relationship with Christ say and lead us to do differently or act to differently or see Jesus differently? What is all of the, like, how does all of that work in light of who Jesus is to us and what it means for grace to be part of our life? Um, and so I think to, to fairly paint that picture, we kind of have to understand that according to the Bible, particularly Romans 5, Romans 8, Ephesians 2, uh, and scriptures like that, Colossians 3, like uh, to, to really get to the meat of some of these scriptures, um, and then especially Romans 7, which we use a lot of on Sunday, mm-hmm. to really get to the meat of that, we, we have to really understand that there is a way in which you can be saved, believe in Jesus, have your faith in him, 
and still look at the law or the Bible and feel that you're never living up to the standard that has been set for you. And therefore, you live your entire Christian journey feeling like you're climbing a mountain that's impossible for you to climb. Um, and God graciously walked me through a season of, and then you through a season of kind of, uh, stepping into, I don't, I don't want to say like stepping into the light. That sounds cultish, but like st- st- <laughs> stepping yeah, into no. an awareness of not just what the Bible says, but what it means. Cause those are, those can be very different things. Like, We've neither one of us have ever sat under pastors, you know, Pastor Dan included, um, that ever preached, that ever made up their own Bible scriptures. Like that's never been a thing. Everyone we've ever sat under has always preached out of the Bible. Absolutely. I think a lot of times we've either missed passages, ignored passages, or or scribed meaning to passages that actually weren't there. Right, and so, um, not maybe not always, but some. That's probably fair. Yes, yes, probably not always. And I think a lot of it is, man, you know, you know my thing is like it's so easy to come across or live, even as you said, someone who believes in Jesus and all these things, but to live with a works-based, you know, mindset and theology at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's just not, you know, yes, you do. There are certain things we, we – should be doing, but it's out of, you don't do those things. Right. You, you know, right. there's a reason why you go and do things for the less fortunate. It's because of your, your, sure. because of what God has done in your life. And yeah. you know, we love who he loves and those type of things, but it's so easy to get caught up in like a workspace theology of do this, don't do that. Yeah. <clears throat> or so-and-so, if they'll stop, if they'll just, if they'll start acting right, Act like you right. hear that, yeah, they'll yeah, start yeah, acting yeah. right. Act like, right. what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, right, yes. right. and it's like, and when you really, it's all well intentioned, sure. But man, it it's it it almost programs into people, and if you're not careful, if you know, for pastors and for, for preachers, yep. you know that it it can be communicated like if you do this and don't do this, mm-hmm. then God's happy with you. Right. You know. Right, right, right. Position. You're saved, and you're going to go to heaven. Right. But if you do this tonight. Or don't do this, yeah. you know. God Ooh. will be really pleased with you. Yeah, or, um, or, or the other side, it's like, oh, right, right, right. And then, God is, and that just know. creates a self righteousness too, because because you do that and I don't. Right, God's not happy Ooh. with that now, but He is happy. Romans one, yeah, yeah it, right. It just it, it's so crazy, and it's it, it's. I think again, it's well intentioned, um, but it's it's not a sure. full context. It's not a full picture. I think of what the scripture is trying to sure. say. Sometimes it's. It's almost selecting and choosing little scripture to make your argument in that moment, yeah, not fitting into the whole context. Of the well, and that's what we, you know, it's like I don't remember what pastor said it in one of the movies that we watch, you know, in Pipeline. You know, what I mean, it's like essentially people people pursue morality as a way to get to Jesus. You know, and he was mentioning he's like it's not it's never been about morality. He's like now on the other hand, we don't want to preach the opposite. Like we don't we don't want to preach pursuing immorality. You know, but it's true that but, <laughs> that's so, that's a lot of what the theology has become is like it's yeah it's these what's good what's bad yeah you know, but it's moralistic therapeutic deism that's right write that down so that's that's the that yeah, is that the, is the phrase. term that yeah, is the that phrase is the yeah yeah so uh this idea of pushing back against moralistic therapeutic deism or works-based faith uh essentially um to pursue what it really means to be a follower of christ and in that uh i think we both found ourselves on a journey so walk us through you know i'm, I'm curious for you man like walk us through when you came to TC, we had we had a number of conversations, yeah, about <laughs> about yeah. theology and some of that stuff. And so, um, maybe like your version of, you know, how, at least through your own eyes or whatever, your theological journey. <laughs> well, so these are personal stories. Let me preface some of this <laughs> with our people that are watching or listening. These are personal stories, and none of which I'm going to say is not meant to be disrespectful. If you have the belief, yeah, this is not. Fair it's enough. not meant to pick on or be disrespectful or make you think if you think a certain way biblically and you know, quote unquote yeah. biblically that I think you're wrong or anything like that. It's I'm not, proud of you with that disclaimer. Yeah. That's personal it's, growth. Yes, it's not <laughs> intended to do that at all. Yeah, I come. I did not grow up in church. Yep, 
and the church that I went to, the two churches I was a part of before TC were charismatic. Uh, you probably could use the word Pentecostal. I don't like the word Pentecostal, but charismatic in their beliefs, um, you know, gifts of the spirit and all those things. Same with you. you yeah. Know. I think it's safe to say Pentecostal because we are charismatic. Right. So that's sure. right. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think I just got to a place where I was just getting so sick of, for lack of a better word, the Pentecostal nonsense. Fair enough. You know, and so many great people, but it was just like when, you know, I think what did it for me is one time somebody saying something along the lines of, and I was just talking about this the other day with someone, but someone along the line saying something along the lines of, um, man, church was good today, but just the Holy Spirit wasn't there. And I was like, what What does that that mean? mean? What does that mean? You know, because no one spoke in tongues or. uh, No one took a lap. Right. Right. Like what, (laughs) you know, because worship uh, went as planned and it wasn't a spontaneous, quote unquote, spontaneous worship. Like, what does that even mean? Right. And what does that, does that mean that, so was the Holy Spirit actually there or not? Yeah. You know, I think it was. A room full of believers? Yes. Yeah. That, the answer <laughs> right. would be yes. And that was my thing. I was like, what is that even? <laughs> and, and like, I get what they were saying, I guess. I just fully disagreed with it. Sure. Yeah. And, and I just kind of, you know, the, the danger I think in the Pentecostal circles is um, people really desire the gifts that make them look spiritual. Because if they're seen as spiritual, then by like, that means like, de facto they're close to God or closer to God than the average person sitting in the, in the pews, you know? And I just kind of got tired of that mentality, I guess. Um, yeah, just the Pentecostal nonsense. So I think it started getting me questioning things, you know, just questioning, you know, you, you, you go so long of, of reading, reading the scriptures or even learning about them. But even, I mean, there's a, I'm not going to name what the topic is, but me and you have been talking about a specific topic out of the Bible recently. Yep. yep. It's kind of wrestling through. I don't, mm-hmm. di- I don't agree with it, um, but I think it may have an interesting point. So sure. I'm not going to mention it because it's not worth it. I don't want to get it. Right, 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 right. I feel But I, I think it just got to a place where that kind of stuff wasn't happening. Like, why are we, ta- why are we not going a little deeper with this? Why are we not talking about this? Um, so yeah, it, it, it started a, I guess it started questions and because the, I had only been a part of, you know, two organizations, two churches, I was even unaware that there were other schools of thought that existed. Yeah. Doctrines, other doctrines. Right. 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 Yeah. So it's like, this is the thing that all Christians believe in. Right. Is this. When I was the same way. When yeah. there's so many other, even schools of thought around it, other theologies around it, other doctrine around it that is all scripturally based as well. And it, I, I think uh, what you, what someone should do is research both. Sure. Not just be told this is what it is. Yeah. And it's like, um, you know, I, I just think that churches traditionally maybe are, are, are bad at getting people to do that. And, um, and this is not a knock, you know, if anybody who happens to see this or hear this, that was a, is a part of the other uh, church. I used to, this is not a knock at anything right. or a, it's not a knock at the pastor or a specific person or no, anything like yeah. that. Um, this it's, was, this was a journey I was on. Yep. Um, because I know that to add to my disclaimer, that church does preach Jesus and, yep. Christ and crucified, crucified and all those salvation things. So, in Christ. Yeah. um, the, the, great. It, it's, and, it's, and let me clarify too. It doesn't mean that all of what any pastor church you've been a part of in the past has anti-biblical teaching. Not at all. And that's what I want to disclaim. Yes, not it's at not, all. It doesn't mean they're, they're preaching heresy or anything like that, or that they believe in it. It's, it's a, um, it, it's a, what you're going to talk about is just a, a deeper understanding of the holistic word of God that helps you understand more, which has brought you to where we are. Continue. Sorry. Yeah. They're yeah. not anti-biblical. It's just not at that. All. Right. Yeah. There's elements that we feel like may be missing from, from teaching. Yeah. And part, and, and part of it, I think is just, it, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to understand more and, you know, read through this, the, the words like there's, I wanted a bigger emphasis on things like discipleship sure. um, and, and things like that. But no, I, I mean, it was, it was a journey. I'm still on this journey, you know, this theological journey. I think everyone, maybe we always are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I just had questions that I didn't know I had until I started really thinking about it and the answers I was getting from my, the way I even viewed the scriptures weren't making sense. Right. If that makes sense at mm-hmm. all. Um, so it's like once I understood there was a different school of thought 
and what that school of, and how that school of thought is approaching the scripture yeah. or, and things like that. It made me shift my, I was like, okay, you know, and then I struggled with it. Some of the, the, what was presented in that line of theology and that line of thinking at first, I was not, I just completely couldn't wrap my head around, right? you know? Like this is not right. This is yeah. wrong, and then yeah. I had to wrestle it out. Yeah, me and you, we, we, me and you wrestled a little bit. I'd say a lot. <laughs> you know, we got in a, in a good way, in a good, like, way. in a good way of just being like, yeah, but what about this? Like, well, then, well, I don't know if I, you know, what about this? What's like, what about Romans eight? Well, what about this? What's like, what about Romans nine? What you know? It's like we weren't. It wasn't you and I going head to head. It was just like what? it was the school of thought versus. It goes back, and what a know, lot of it comes back to is like, well, I don't know if I. Yeah, that's the root. That's the root. You know, yeah. It's like I don't know that I can wrap my head. I was like, "What are you wrapping your head around to have to do with anything?" Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. You know, no, you're right because that's the thing. Like I've talked, you know, when I talk with other pastors and I talk with other people about doctrine and theology, you know, and particularly where we stand, where I stand with some of it, you know, that's their their knee jerk reaction. It's like, well, I have a hard time with, and it's like, all right. So I just want to make sure we're clear. You're good with like two of every animal making their way across the entire world to get on a boat built by a guy when rain had never happened. You're good with a virgin birth and, uh, uh, you know, an, an eternal payment death of a perfect man who was also God sent to this earth for our sin. You're good with like the burning bush. You're good with the plagues. You're good with 40 years in the desert. You're, but it's like, that's what you have all the time. <laughs> like, man, like you really it's humanism. It's humanism. Yeah, like you, you know, it's over like a lot to get here. When I was in Gatlinburg, me and my dad were like playing pool, and you know, we just we debate in my family. Yeah, yeah. you know, we just I had no doubt. We debate. We, we are, <laughs> you know. And my dad comes, you know, he's Catholic and and, mm-hmm. and loves that, and and it comes from that. But we got to talking about something. I remember what it was. It was like salvation. It was sure. like election kind of talk, um, in a sense. But, um. If I'm not mistaken, but we got to talk about something. He was saying, I was like, dad, that sounds great. But just that's, you, what you're saying is like, that's how you th- see it. You want it that way. Like, right. But that doesn't mean it is that way. Right. Just because that sounds pretty and nice and, and great in your, in your head. Like that, that's not what you base a theology on. Like, sure. Right. You know, right. There's right. There's no basis for what you're saying other than you made it God, sounds good to me. You made a God out of yourself at that point. That's what I was like. Yeah. So we were going back and you know, we get the, we get loud and it sounds like we're arguing. We're really not. It's just what yeah. we do. Sounds like um, a party. It was. I yeah, thought it sounds it was like a uh, we had, a, we were both having a great time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's what a lot of it comes down to. It's like, man, it, doesn't matter what I think or how I think it should be. You know, what is it? What does God say? You know, even like when it comes to salvation, you know, mm-hmm. is it, is it, is it fundamentally the work of God or did I have anything to do with my salvation? You know, and those are tough questions that you could really get into. You, you know, could. I don't know we're prepared to even do that right now. No, we're not. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but you could, you know, but uh, it's like, yeah. And, and there's a, you know, there's a whole lot of debate, but it's like those kind of things. It's like, sure. man, you start really thinking about that. It's like, man, and you look back over the, the years of stuff God's done in your life and all this, it's like, man, I wasn't involved with that at all. You no, know, yeah. it wasn't me. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the thing too. I mean, like, you know, I, I remember specifically a time, you know, when we were at Chick-fil-A one day, you had been on staff for like, with Heather, with Heather. Yeah. yeah. You've been on staff for like a week or something, I remember. you know, and, uh, and we I were, si- we were sitting there and we're like, we're we're like firing biblical texts back and forth at each other, and she was just like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. Like, why? You know, I wish I drove myself today. <laughs> and, I uh, remember. Uh, and yeah, so it was a it was, but it's a journey. It was a journey that you were on, and um, you know, I think it's it, it's important because the journey that you're on really mimics or has a great representation of. Where I feel like a lot of Christians are. I feel like a lot of Christians need to take the same journey that you were on. Yeah. And it's the same journey that I found myself on as well. I mean, you were probably at least a year ahead in the journey see. than I was. Let's see. That was Maybe three two. years ago for you, right? Yeah. It was three years. So five years. Almost four. Six. Nah, it's almost four years. So two, two, two and a half years ahead of you yeah, yeah, on yeah. That, journey. that sounds about right so yeah um yeah and so that's the the and, thing you know and then for i mean and and yours is like it showed it was walked out just because like what you guys went through with Jabin. yeah you know it's like and that that shows like at the end of the day if god doesn't do what i want him to do 
is yep. he still God? And is he still worthy of worship? Yeah. And what we came out of, cares, you know, Pentecostal, the Pentecostal is yeah. very much, you know, it's like I almost put this on Facebook or tweeted the other day, and I thought, God, if I do this, I'm going to get a phone call from somebody. I have to take it down. <laughs> but it was, it, it was, but I'm going to say it now, um, but it was like along oh, the okay. lines of like God never, the Bible never um, gives you permission, something along those lines, to um, demand things, to cast out that. Not, not cast out because that's not true. I forget what it was, but something along the lines of the the Bible doesn't say do this, 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 and it was very much phrases you hear in Pentecostal. Speak into existence, declare over my life. Uh, right, yeah, right, right. I, it's probably in my in my uh, camera roll if I yeah. if I want to look. I, I probably would have let that run. And it said, but probably, it, and it said, <laughs> re- <laughs> yeah, but it said repent, you know. Yeah. And it, so it was like, I, I'm why, when you start talking, I'm gonna kind of look because it it was good, but I didn't want to I didn't want to. Get sure, anybody yeah, yeah. thrown off. Yeah. Are we, um, we going to intentionally be abrasive today or not? Yeah. Yeah. And I just, feel that in my soul anyways, but, but, but that's yeah. what it was. It was like, man. It, yeah. Oh, here it is. Scripture never instructs that we are to rebuke our diseases, cast out our problems, command the devil, speak into our trials or demand God do something. God is not your genie and the Holy spirit is not your puppet. Repent. Amen. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yes, Lord. And, but, but, you know, there was so many times where it was like, you know, I command right now. And yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, and I know there's people on the other side of that that will be able to maybe even pull out a scripture here, or there to justify that. But it goes back into like this full picture of context. And, Not hermeneutically. Um, yeah. Right, right. Right. So, um, you know, I, and, it, and then that goes back to like God doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe me wealth. He doesn't owe me health. He doesn't owe me these things. Yeah. Boy, howdy. You know, other <laughs> yeah. he, he get mm-hmm. salvation through Jesus. I get to spend eternity in heaven because of what He sent Jesus to do. So that's the tension, right? And that's the that's the not 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 salvation through Jesus. That's not the tension, but how it how that manifests what the journey the Christian journey that I believe some people have been on. Because so many things should quote unquote happen according to my works. Everything should happen according to my works. That's the mindset of believers. So it's like, you know, if all of this is hinged on me, that means I have authority. That means I'm going to take authority over things that you can't take authority over. Um, Including uh, to a degree, we're not going to get all the way into it. Your salvation, Um, you know, so it's like, uh, at least in regards to your your constant position being a changing one. Okay, in so Christ. So now what you're yeah, what you're hitting on is what I see, what I see right now, and I don't mean this to get political at all, but we saw during the election, in and around the election, there were people from the Christians that were prophesying certain things. Like there were pastors that were prophesying that. Donald Trump was going to be president. Correct. And he's not. He's not. So your prophecy was so wrong. you missed it. Right, you missed it. But even, I can think Stone back. him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I can think back, we've joked about Bethel Church with the whole Gandalf staff thing with the ending racism and then de- declaring that racism was over. <laughs> well, it's not over. It's not, yeah, no. Right, it's so racism still very much alive. Racism didn't end when they smacked that thing down. So Stone him. <laughs> I'm going to get a button. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, so what I'm saying is, what, what tends to happen is they keep moving the goalpost. Right, and then they rationalize why that prophecy or their command was, you know, incorrect. And it's just at some point we're making fools of ourselves to ourselves to our Christian brothers and sisters, and especially to non-believers. We look like morons when we go around command. If I command someone's body to be healed, and then the body isn't healed, what does that say about? Either me or the God I serve. Because there's a big difference between praying for someone and commanding it. That's right. And I just got to where I had issues. We wholeheartedly believe to pray for the healing. Yes. And all that. And God can heal. We've seen it. 100%. We saw it with Tommy, your brother, who I grew up with. I've seen it it. with another, you know, a kid I think we we talked about before with the heart transplant. I believe in the supernatural. Absolutely. God's fully capable. Yeah. But he's not doing that because we're commanding it. It's not subject to our... Say it. input or say it. 
uh, our authority or any of those things. God's God's sovereign hand is not subject to our manipulation or lack of obedience or fulfilled obedience or like it's not subject to that. Um, and so, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, man, we really we we've we've taken on notions that we should not have in regards to how we are to walk out in obedience to Christ, the Christian journey. And so we have this mindset that uh, as long as I'm obeying the Bible and I'm following all of these rules, then me and God are good. And if I'm in a season where I'm uh, failing in my temptation, me and God are not good. Um, I view it like, and maybe this is not the right way to view it. I think of it sometimes as the Old Testament law. The reason Jesus even had to come is because you can't live right. up to the rules. Yeah, right, right, if right. If we could live up to all the rules. We wouldn't have needed them. We wouldn't have needed them. Sure. Yeah, 100%. You know? Yeah. Now, that's not permission. Right. It's not that's permission. The, that's, the big, that's the big difference, right? It's like, so in that, we're dealing with this space of like, who who are we? Who are we in light of the sacrificial life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Who are we in line of that? Are we now very frail spiritual beings on a very um, emotionally unstable journey <laughs> with constantly changing sp- spiritual ramifications to our decision-making? Or do we rest completely in the death, burial, and resurrection and life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? Um, Do we rest completely in the grace that is afforded to us? Uh, And in that rest, now pursue passionately after God and his word and an obedience to what he's commanded us in and all of those things. And that was the main goal out of Sundays. Do we pursue after Jesus with the white knuckled, gritted teeth, uh, work as hard as I can, and hope for the best type of position or do we uh, pursue Christ in a rested state of he is a good father and when I mess up he celebrates how far I've come rather than condemning and shaming me for how I didn't quite make it there Um, and those are two different ways in which I think we are we can see Jesus and I think what we were talking about when you're talking about churches we've been a part of in the past both of us and and all those things we've experienced in the past whether intentionally or unintentionally teachings that existed in those spaces uh would could cause us to believe or did cause us to believe that the bible which is abundantly clear that salvation is not of works was a salvation that was very much of works. Yeah, and and there's a whole lot of emphasis on a moment. Moments, even. Yes. You know, um, an altar moment, those type of things. Mm-hmm. It's, and I, I do get it, mm-hmm. you know, but <clears throat> I don't know. It's like, you know, I always joke, and maybe I'm wrong. I'd be willing to admit it if I was, if... I was, I will admit it. If. Um, if, but it's like, you know, I poke fun at revivals. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel that. Right? It's like, yeah. um, my experience with revivals is 99% of the room is believers. They're revived. And so what's the, rev- what are we reviving? What's the purpose of the revival? Is it lost people getting saved? Or is it like stirring up the believer that's maybe been you know, whatever. Right, right, right. And then you get into, is that a thing? I don't, you know, but at the yeah. end of the day, it's like Jesus said, go make disciples. So everything about a church or a ministry or how you operate as a pastor or a preacher is all about these moments where maybe someone is getting saved. Cause you have to wrestle that out. Cause if you're a really good communicator and at the end of your message, you in, in your message, you pulled on some heartstrings yeah. And at the end of your message, you ask them to close their eyes yep. and then you ask them to repeat after me and you don't give them the chance to hear what you're going to say before you say it and then them repeat it. And then you tell them if you said those words after me, now you're saved. Right. And that's it. Yeah. Now you just convince people they're saved. Yep. And 
they're probably not. That's, that's not what salvation is. We haven't had a conversation about the cross. We haven't had a conversation about right. Or even if you ask them to raise their hand in those type of things, which we do those, we do those, we things. do those things. But we, there's some explanation. But, but we like, lay some groundwork before we do that, right? And, and so it's like I don't know why um, I went, like Larry the Cable Guy. On yeah, that, you but. sure did. Um, <laughs> get her done. Get her um, done. <laughs> but yeah, it's like so so. You know the 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 Christians in the room later on go high five each other that people got saved today, quote unquote. I'm not convinced that people did. Now that's not my maybe they did. It's not my job. Right. To, maybe they did. Maybe they did. To me, we but, don't know. You know, m- telling moving stories that are crafted around a Bible story that are loosely connected, and then asking people to repeat after me and raise a hand. Yeah. That's not what salvation is. Right. You know. There's a lot of blanks that still need and to be then, filled in. And then, even if they were saved, because everything's crafted around a moment, yes. what happens tomorrow? Right. And I and yes. do you have a way to take them from where they are to where God wants them? Yep. And I think that's the failure, and that's where I was getting frustrated with the church, con- not the church I was at, the church context I knew. Whether right. it was that church or another church, you know, that, that's the context I knew, and that's how things were done. It's like, man, but Jesus said, go make disciples. He didn't say go hold services that people even get saved in, even legitimately. Yeah. He said go make disciples. Yeah. Um, because if you're making disciples, you know, because we know that yeah. the people that are walking in that aren't saved that need to be saved, the Holy Spirit's drawing them anyways. Yeah. Yeah, cert- I mean, certainly, you know, obviously, it's, uh, more than enough uh, instances to preach the gospel. Uh, you know, Paul tells Timothy to use the gift of an evangelist. You know, like we we know we know those things exist, so it's certainly necessary to to proclaim the gospel, preach the gospel, introduce people to Jesus. But you're right. By and large, Jesus called to the disciples was follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Then he discipled them. Um, you know, the decision. The, the call to follow Jesus when answered is instantaneous, but the journey of sanctification that follows is never ending. Discipleship is the process of that journey. And we put all of our eggs in the basket of salvation. And many churches, many churches um, do not have a plan for that. They have a tool in which they could use for that but they don't have a plan for that. And that I think is the downfall, you know, small groups, like we use small groups, small groups is a part of our discipleship process. It's not the solution. Uh, it's part of the solution. Um, and, but in that discipleship is a far bigger conversation picture and established method than, than having yeah. small groups. Like it, there's more to it than that. There is a process of which we walk people on. Now, the reason I say all that, and the reason I think that all of that is important is because we have to understand just like with what you're saying, that the Christian church as a whole. So here's the way I see it. Me and my wife have talked about this because she, you know, once we, we, you know, navigating the journey with Jabin and uh, and his sickness and then his passing and stuff with her mom, who was an incredible woman of faith, um, who God, I legitimately like, you know, through the prayer of the saints, God, uh, prompted the the prayer of the saints to pray on her behalf and God gave her more years um, you know because she went in and out of remission a couple times from my memory um, and then God ultimately took her home but man the journey of navigating that obviously my wife had a number of questions and one of the things that we talked about you know she was like I just don't get it like why are so many teachers bible teachers or preachers evangelists you know, quote-unquote prophets or whatever why are they getting it so wrong and one of the things that we talked about um is her and i both grew up in charismatic or pentecostal churches um where the the whole point is the experience right so let's have a great experience let's experience god let's experience his presence let's experience an altar time let's experience you know, intimate times of worship. Let's experience, let's have this experience. And then on the other side of the tracks is, you know, other circles, you know, Baptist, you know, Lutheran, you know, and, and so on. Um, where it's, let's minimize this experience and let's exclusively read the Bible. You know, a strong emphasis on discipleship, strong emphasis on Sunday schools and environments in which the word is opened and it is read. Um, 
And you know what? I don't think either one of those things are bad. No. I think both of those things without the other is a disservice to believers. I think that the experience is a great thing to have. There's never been a moment in my life where I was like, I'm really sorry to <laughs> really bummed. I experienced God today or his presence. Like that's never happened. Because you know? Those are real experiences. Those are real experiences. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, I've never walked away from a, a, a moment of t- a time with the Lord where the tears are running down my cheeks and, and he's really encouraged my heart in a special way. Like, I've never walked away from one of those. And been like, well, what a waste of time. You know what I mean? Like that's never happened. Uh, at the same time, uh, I have gone through seasons of my life where, um, I needed to know something. Um, I needed to hear the truth of God and it was found in his word and the experience didn't do that. I needed to, I needed to have a foundation of the word. And so one of the conversations her and I had was that there's gotta be a balance between experience and exegesis mm-hmm. where um where and this is where i believe we are as a church and some people don't support it and i don't care <laughs> um you know uh, especially if you're at a church or from a church where your church wasn't working like people are people are critical of you know people who are coming from things that aren't working are critical of those that are like type of thing so um so it's like i'm i am here like to do what god put on our hearts to do which is to marry the experience with the exegete to to marry the word of god with the spirit of god and that people would leave experiencing God, but also hearing the truth of his word um, in balance. And that puts me in Pentecostal churches as too boring. And it puts us in Baptist churches as too exciting. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm, I feel like I'm exactly, we are exactly where we need to be in that. Heaven forbid it be exciting. <laughs> so all that to say is in that journey though, I think the thing that's important to understand is that in that journey, um, it sent I and my wife and even Pastor Dan, I think I could fairly say, me first. And then I have been uh, pivotal in them too. And my mom experiencing uh, God, God's word in a different way to open their mind to a theological framework that they did not possess prior. Um, through the grace of God, we've been able to navigate that journey. Same for you. I think, you know, you coming to TC experienced that too. And the reason we told you all of this is, is to help some of you who are on a journey of not understanding Christ fully to help you understand that the way that you have been approaching Jesus up till this point may have been wrong. And I don't mean wrong as in, let me phrase that better. It may have been incomplete you may have had a perfect heart in regards to your desire to know him. You may have been seeking out, you know, very good things in the process. Maybe there's a part of it you're missing still. It makes me think of a portion of Matt Chandler when he was preaching at the orange revival. He talks about, he's talking about God's glory Mm. and he's talking about, he's talking about Psalm 23 sermon of our generation. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. But he's talking about Psalm 23 and you can read some of it, and it's like it sounds like God's really for you, and God is for you, but He's for you for His glory, His namesake, That's for right. His namesake. That's right. And 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 Matt says in there, if you approach it thinking God's just for you because you're awesome, you will read the Bible wrong. Yeah. It's possible to read it wrong. Correct. The Scripture is still the same Scripture. You're still quoting it. Yeah. But you're reading it. You know, everything God does is for him and his glory and his namesake. uh, Not because you're awesome. Because you're not apart from it. Sola Dea Gloria. (laughs) Right, right. So it's like, it made me think of that. Yeah, it made me think of that that message, which YouTube it. It's fantastic. You'll love it. Thank you. Matt Chandler, Code Orange Revival. Um, But, but. Yeah. It's it's like when you say you you'll it approach Jesus is. wrong. It very I think much you is. can. Yeah, you I know? think you can and I think you can, you know, some for some people their picture of Jesus is incomplete. Again, they see him as a uh a dictator who is uh who's uncertain of his affection towards us and his emotions towards us or his 
care for us or how he intends to nurture, guard, and protect us or preserve us, if you will. Um, and I don't believe that, according to the Bible, that any of that is true. I don't believe that our position in God is swayed by the actions of faithful believers who are just continually sh- sh- fighting the internal war of sin within their own hearts. Um, because even Paul said, I have a, you know, Romans seven, again, like just to give you a scripture from what we just talked about. Um, he says, uh, where is it? That's the other one I want. Um, you know, I don't really understand myself or I want to do what is right, but I won't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but then I do that anyways. I mean, this is Paul. This is not me or Justin or, you know what I mean? Like this is, you know, this is Paul. This is the Bible. This is Romans 7. Like I do what I hate and I don't do what I love, you know what I mean? Like, or what I want to do in Christ, but I keep following my sinful nature. And he talks about that. And so, uh, and then he goes on later and he says, oh, what a miserable person I am or what a wretched person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? This isn't him as a sinner looking for salvation. This is him as a preacher of the gospel, writing the letters to the churches. Like this is, this is the Paul that, you know what I mean? Like wrote Romans five is also in writing Romans seven. And his response to his own question is, thank God that the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Uh, And so uh, in that, this idea of the, of the, perseverance or the preservation of our salvation in Christ. Now, what I want to do right there is be very careful. Go back and watch the sermon or at least listen to it, please, because I think it will help give a lot of content. This is just a follow-up to the sermon. You really need to go watch or listen to it. With that said, though, um, I think the follow-up to that is I believe in churches, what you said earlier, I believe in churches, we have given away the term salvation a bit too freely. Oh, you prayed that prayer, you experienced salvation. Maybe not. And I believe that the fruit will become evident of that. So if someone raised their hand, prayed a prayer, and then leaves church, goes out, and and nothing about their life has changed. Right then we have to genuinely question, is there a salvation here? But instead, they will say it was salvation, and they just lost it. Right. And I think that we, I think that the question would really be, did they actually get saved? And so so there's that side of things. So if you get saved, has your heart genuinely been uh, renewed is, is, or is uh, regenerated? You've been born again. There's a new you. You have died to your old self. That's right. Now there's a new self that is now uh, not perfect, but is fighting in contention with your spirit that wants to be like Christ and your flesh that wants to be like the world and pursue your sinful desires. And as long as that conflict exists, that doesn't mean you're not saved because sin still shows up in your life. Sin will show up in your life. That's right. It's not permission to sin. It's saying when it does, you pers- you put it to death. That's what we're going to talk about this Sunday. You put it to death. You kill it. You get rid of it. But in the moments where it where it gets its grip on you and you do stumble, your position in Jesus has not changed. And as we've been talking about sushi, sex, and subtitles, we've been talking about the temptations of sex and pornography and same sex attraction and all of those things, and uh, and. As we've been unpacking those topics on Sunday, that if some if a if a genuine believer, uh, you know, uh, is struggling with same sex attraction and goes too far in one direction, doesn't mean that they've completely stumbled off the hill of God's favor or that they are completely now out of salvation. It may just mean that you are struggling and needing to do that. I believe that turning away from anything that it goes against the word of God is a process by which our heart needs to pursue as a step of the journey. But it doesn't mean it won't be something that someone may struggle with or fight in contention with for the rest of their life. But it's understanding that our position hasn't changed. Uh, and again, go watch the sermon. I just hope to, I want to, I keep saying that cause I want you guys to really go get the whole sermon and, and really listen to it. But, but for us, it's understanding that, For those of us who are in Christ Jesus, uh, 
whose hearts have been regenerated, whose spirits have been brought to life in Jesus Christ, though our slay, uh, though our sin nature still exists, now there is a contention, there is a, a war, there is a fight of our spirit made new in Jesus Christ and our flesh that still wants our sinful desires. And now we have to war with our flesh. It doesn't mean we just give into our flesh, but because of Jesus, we're now made perfect or whatever. No, that's not what I mean. It's there's a, now there's a war. And what we want to help believers understand is that on the days that you miss it, not intentionally, but just on the days that you mentioned, your position in Jesus has not changed. Right. Like, uh, he, you know, helps you persevere. Now, with that said, that does not mean that we shouldn't put in accountability processes and internet filters and all those, all those things, things, you know, um, those are, that is wisdom. Those are necessary and important steps in the process. And this Sunday, we're going to be talking more about what it looks like because we have this position in Christ that does not change for believers. Um, so what does it look like then to contend for righteousness? And we're going to deal with that a little bit in talking about sex this Sunday. But as we're navigating that, the important part that we want people to understand um, is that, you know, the main goal of today's follow-up podcast was to help people understand that if you are far from, if you are far from God and you're struggling with sin, you're not struggling with sin because you don't know God and God's the only one that can help you contend with it by giving you a new life in Christ. If you are brand new in Christ he perseveres and he preserves your salvation uh, and holds you close and your actions along the way uh, where sin, where you, you trip up or you slip up, your actions along the way don't change your position in Christ. Uh, he paid for your sins. Um, and so uh, to then faithfully continue to contend and go after him. Uh, and so those things are just super, super important. Um, and God's affections for you have not changed. You know, I tell, I tell the pipeline this every so often, God is not an emotional teenager who's like, Oh, you did that. Well, I'm going to do this. Like, that's not right. Like, that is not in the nature of God, um, towards believers. You know, it's like, man, that's God is, sovereign and holy and that's just not the way he responds to us though that is how many christians think god is looking at us you know what i mean like like an emotional teenager um and so uh start that last part for those of you who are believers and you've been looking at christianity as a mountain to be climbed uh and you feel like it's an impossible task rest and the fact that Jesus, through faith and what he offered you on sal- in salvation, uh, has made it to where you don't have to climb the mountain to earn salvation. He's made you righteous. Um, now you contend with your sin to not uh, step back into that place. But you do it from a rested state, not from a wrestling state, uh, earning grace. And so that's that was one to make sure people understand. So that's a lot. That's a lot. I had someone hit me up after Sunday and they were like, bro, that was a lot. Uh, and, but my, again, like imagine just getting up there and saying like, Hey, sex has boundaries. Don't do it until you're married. And every person that's in there that then at some point between now and when they get married, have sex and then shame consumes them. And they feel like God's looking at them as a child who is unworthy of his love. Like, man, but instead I got 99 problems. 95 problems, but Romans 8-1. But Romans 8-1. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, so. Yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah, so. Cool. Go watch the message. Go watch go the message, watch, listen, whatever. You'll yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Catch us this Sunday. We're going to hit some service. questions real fast. Yeah, so rapid fire. Justin picked them this time, y'all. So here we go. All right, what are you currently curious about? Oh, what am I currently curious about? It's a great question. Great question. Um, I'm currently curious when our gym is going to be done. <laughs> at the building. Boy, listen. <laughs> um, My legs asleep. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious about I'm, what happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about... Uh, I'm curious about what church looks like five years from now. Ooh. Because uh, I think that it's going to look considerably different than it does right now. And I think that... Um, churches who have pastors in their sixties, 
who aren't asking very important questions in regards to who's next, what's next, what does vision look like, how does the culture change. Churches that aren't doing that won't exist much longer. Cultures that haven't figured out an online presence won't exist much longer. Churches that haven't figured out how to make disciples won't exist much longer. The idea of Sunday being everything won't exist much longer. Um, And so we need to, I think churches... Uh, need to figure that out and we have we have plans but even we're figuring that out so not so much that what's next thing i'm 33 so like that's not so much a thing for us right now but definitely the who are we outside of sunday we're, we're constantly fun. doing that it is i mean that's my favorite part of what we do so good uh yeah, yeah. that's, mine, what, I'm, that's mine, what i'm curious about that was a real church answer though mine, mine's just like bitcoin crypt- or something cryptocurrency. yeah that's what actually yeah <laughs> what's bitcoin gonna be in five years yeah hopefully not, not, not Bitcoin. Coin. I'm curious about crypto and the blockchain and how sure. that is going to affect and change the world that we know. Did you buy more Ether yet? Uh, uh, I've only okay. bought one time. I'm just but I'm going to. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, if you had to teach a class on one thing, what would you teach? That's kind of, I mean, you teach class now. I teach a lot of classes now. Yeah. Um, I, maybe that's a bad card because that would be for someone who doesn't normally teach. Maybe it's I teach like, a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm good with it though. I, I either either leadership, it'd probably be leadership, leadership or culture. That'd be it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I'd love to say theology, but I really feel like I feel like in some circles, I, people really admire my theological knowledge, and I think they. There's just so many guys I'd rather sit under and listen to them teach it than me teach it myself. There's some smart <laughs> dude. Some I, some of our people that we're close to are just gangsters out there in, in the world of theology. So I would I, I would say uh, leadership or culture. That would be what I would want All to right. teach on. If you can instantly become one, what would you want to be an expert in? If you can instantly become an expert. Man, that's a Good question. If I, can instantly, I don't even know. If I can instantly become an expert at something, what would I want to be? Um, a follow-up question, I guess, to answer that properly for me, I'd have to know, would my expertise be monetizable? Because then yeah, I that's could always de- a question. Because right? then I could determine what that expertise should be. In. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, right, right, right. I think the thing is, like, when it comes to being ex- having an expertise, like, if you're an expert at something that doesn't mean that your knowledge about it means that it's going to do what you're an, you mean expert in cryptocurrency. It doesn't mean you know what the market's going to do. That's like, right. you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's a little bit hard. Uh, that's why it's a good question. Uh, I would, I think for me in my point where I am in life right now, being an expert in theology, you know what I mean? Like, I think that would be something that would have a lot of value for, for me right now. So I would say that, but I could, Think of a million other answers. Well, not a million, but I can think of a number of other answers, but that's going to be it for now. All right, want to do one more or no? Yeah, let's do it. All right, last one. If you could ask one person one question and they had to answer truthfully, who and what would you ask? Mm. You could ask one person one question and they had to answer truthfully. Who and what would you ask? I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer for that. Who and what would I ask? <laughs> Dead or alive? Sure. Mm. Like mine would be stupid. <laughs> What's yours? Like bon, bon Jovi or something? No, but like you know, <laughs> JFK. Like, did we really go to the moon? You know, or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just I need to know conspiracy answers. Did, yeah. <laughs> <Did we> really- <laughs> About five went through my head at one time yeah. right when I said that. Oh, that's funny. Uh, that's a good one, man. Um. Some of these are a little too tough to be rapid fire. It is. Uh, Michael Jordan playoffs. Did you push him off? That'd be the, that would be the question. Did you really push off? (laughs) So that's what I'm going with for now. Awesome. Good times. Cool. Well guys, we love you. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Great ramble today. Good ramble. Good ramble. I like a good ramble. So, um, 
Yeah, it was, it was uh, a lot of fun, and uh, we, we appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Justin, tell me where they can find more about the church. You can find us online, transformationchurch.com, or Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. Yeah, man. So we appreciate you guys, uh, again, tuning in, um, you know, where we're going to constantly be, you know, taking people towards Jesus. That's right. So we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week for another week, another sermon, another follow podcast. Leah. Later. Later. Leah? I meant to say later. Yeah, I don't know what. Your Sunday. Leah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review us on iTunes. You get double points if you show love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Brad and Pastor Justin on Instagram and Twitter at at Brad Livingston underscore and at Justin Oswald underscore. Tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. And for more information on Transformation Church, visit us online at mytc.life and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola.